Vineyard Westside welcomes everyone. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. Come as you are, because we believe that love wins, period. Hello. Okay. You guys hear me? Oh, now you can. Oh my gosh, if it looks like I've been crying, it's because I have been. That was, that was, uh, that was, that was uh, oh my gosh, thank you, worship team. Thank you. Thank you all for, for being here. Uh, we're going to invite our ushers to come forward and give an offering together. If you guys would pray with me for that, that would be fantastic. God, thank you for the work that you've been doing, the work you've been doing in this church, the work you've been doing in me, the work you've been doing in brothers and sisters in Christ and stories I've been hearing about healing and wholeness and forgiveness and transformation and hard stuff followed by good stuff. Because you have made us into people who can do hard stuff. Because we can do anything with you. And so God, we just thank you for, for the... God, thank you for being our, our big brother, our big dad that stands behind us, that anything that comes at us that we're afraid of, that they take a look at us and they look behind us and you're standing there and you are formidable and you are big and you are powerful and you can scare away the enemy. And so we just pray that you would be uh, at our side, at our rear guard, that you would go before us. That anytime we feel alone, we would know that we're always rolling at least four deep with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We give you this offering. We pray that you would use it to rescue other people from hell. That you would pull them out. That those sheep that are lost, that you would grab them and find them and hug them. And show them the way that you love. We thank you for who you are and what you do. For what you've done for so many of us. We want it for more people. We pray that in your name, Jesus. Amen. 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 Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Hey. Um, we are going to, you know, it's Palm Sunday today, Palm Sunday next week, Easter Sunday. A lot of you are here um, who haven't been here in a while, and it's maybe you thought it was Easter this week, um, but we're super glad that you're here today, and we would love to invite you again next week. Um, we're going to be having a, an Easter service, but today, today is Palm Sunday, and it's a day that um, is kind of remembers Jesus coming into town and all of these people who had heard about him, seeing him for the first time, he's riding on a donkey. Um, and so that had to be kind of a surprise. They're, they're probably like, he'll be on a white unicorn. <laughs> he comes in on this like busted donkey. <laughs> and they're... Everything about Jesus showing up is, is strange. There was fear and anxiety about him because they heard that the coming king would, would show up and he would, he would bear a sword. They thought that he was going to show up and take heads off right away. That whoever this Messiah is, he is going to come and clean house. Uh, they'd heard that 
maybe he was going to immediately, um, you know, start the process of the rapture. Maybe he was going to, they just didn't know what it was going to be like. And he shows up and he's gentle and he's loving. He's a gentleman. He's strong, but firm. He's, he's just this, this person that they never, they never expected. And so their fear and anxiety is immediately met with who Jesus is, that he is not about bringing fear or anxious thoughts. He's about bringing peace. And he actually says, you can take any of your fear, any of your anxiousness, any of your nervousness that you have, any of your worry, and you can put it on my shoulders and I can carry it for you. Philippians chapter four says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That don't be anxious about anything, okay? Ever again. Like, don't do it. Don't be anxious about anything. I didn't know what the word anxious meant for many, many years. I thought anxious and fear, like anxiety and fear were the same thing. I just thought they were the same. I don't know why. I wasn't taught differently. I thought fear and anxiety were like twins. But fear and anxiety, it turns out, they're, they're more like cousins. They're related, but they're not the same thing at all. You know, when we began the pandemic, uh, a couple years back and everything was thrown into disarray every person oh my goodness it was the worst so many people were just freaking out just freaking out about every possible thing and so we had to start switching gears on what we were going to teach about and all sorts of different things because everyone was it was just like there was so much doom there was doom and gloom everywhere Everything you saw on TV, every person that you talked to, everything was, um, oh, are you having a good day? How about we ruin it? Let's ruin that day. And so we had to shift our focus about what we were even thankful for. Like, what are we, what are we happy about that we have? What is good in our life right now? Thank you, Lord, for the invention of the air fryer. <laughs> oh, my God. Lord, thank you. This thing. Thank you for Animal Crossing on the Wii being released at the beginning of this thing that helped us through a lot of it, some of us. Thank you for Wi-Fi. Thank you for YouTube, Lord. Thank you for Netflix. Thank you for the Tiger King for the time that we needed it, right? Like stuff like that. Thank you for video chats and Zoom, and we didn't know we wanted to Zoom, and now we're having parties over Zoom, and we're playing board games digitally. Thank you for Lysol wipes. Thank you for board games and, and card games that um, we played when we were younger, uh, but we became too busy for, but now we don't have anything to do. And so thank you for sitting down with the family and eating actual food multiple days in a row. Thank you. Just thank you for these things. Anyways, fear and anxiety. Tried to steal, uh, tried to steal so much. For a lot of us, it did steal it. A lot of people who used to come to this church, maybe you're watching online right now, I'm looking at you. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Facebook Live. 
Maybe you used to come to church here, and now you're sitting there. Come on back. Come on, the people are nice. Most of them are not that germy. Fear and anxiety aren't, aren't twins. And I've been talking about this stuff a lot lately um, because it, obviously, it, if, you ha- if, you have, if you haven't been here, um, uh, I don't even know how to, how to say it, but I, I, I've had some interesting times lately. Um, I, I was checked into a mental institution about three months ago. Uh, I stayed eight days at the Lindner Center of Hope uh, where I was in lockdown completely. Um, it, was, uh, it was horrible and amazing. And I needed to go there and stay there because I was doing really, 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 really not okay. And thankfully I went there before anything went, went completely crazy. I didn't make any attempts on my life or anything like that, thankfully. But it was starting to sound juicy. And I needed to go. And so I went, and it was honestly life-changing. And I came out of there, and everything was kind of different. But but now, oh my gosh, I'm struggling. I'm struggling. And I know why people go back. Um, I know why people go back a second time or a third time, um, partially because the food is pretty good, actually. Really. But also because, um, you know, they helped me get on some different medications that I needed to be on. And before you, 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 can, you can try if you want to. You can come at me with the, we're going to pray that you don't need that medicine anymore. I would love to not need that medicine anymore. I went after years of prayer about the thing that I needed the medicine for. Okay, and so it was one of those things where I had to go and they got me balanced out. And and then I kept hearing from everybody, oh, well, you're going to be in for a hard time getting used to. I'm in the hard time trying to get used to medicine and I'm struggling. And so I will take your prayer. I will take um, gift cards to Target. (laughs) (laughs) This prayer is fine. But it's been, a, it's been a struggle, and the thing about it is, and one of the reasons why I went in there is because anxiety is a monster. And anxiety is from the future. Um, it, it's from the future. It's about the future, always. Anxiety is always about, oh, why did, what, if, what if this happens? I mean, it could be a little bit about the past, like, why did I say that? But really, that's still the future. Like, what's it going to be like next time I see that person? And so it's, anxiety is always about the future, us worrying about the future, and depression is from the past. It's, man, you screwed it up. You suck. No, that thing that I did sucked. I don't suck. That's one of the things I had to learn. Right? Fear screams, run! Run. Run from this. Run, right? Run away from this. Anxiety asks, what if this happens? What if, but what if this happens? What, what if this, what if? I've been bit by lots of things 
in my life. Um, like a lot, like a, I don't even know how many things would be on the, the list. Um, I've been bit by a, a black rat snake. Um, I was bit by a brown recluse spider on my, on my side here, on my ribs. I was on a riding lawnmower and I fell off because I thought my neighbor shot me with a gun. And it was, um, I was bit by a chipmunk because uh, I thought I was going to have like a Disney scene happen and I found these little chipmunks and stuff and I picked one up and it, it la I was like, ah, did you know chipmunks bite? Oh my gosh. And if you, for anybody that's been around here for a while, I got bit right upstairs, second floor, I got bit by a bat. And I had to go through the rabies vaccine. And let me tell you what I would not recommend. The rabies vaccine. I had to go and get infusion treatments on a dialysis machine three times for almost two hours with this green fluid put in me. And it hurt. It made my entire body hurt. Because they said, well, 30% of, anyways. Why do I get, I've been bit by lots of other animals. Why? Because, um, Cool stories, funny stories, awesome things don't happen to boring people. They just don't. And so it's fine if you want to do, if you want to do boring all the time. And you're like, oh, why would you ever touch an animal? You're boring. <laughs> I have wowed many a kid. And, and I'm stupid. <laughs> um, <laughs> Anyway, sorry, I'm getting back into it. So uh, quite a few years ago, about 10 years ago, my men's small group went to Red River Gorge on a camping trip and we went hiking together. It was, a, it was an amazing time. Uh, and when we were hiking, we came across this area with, um, if you've ever seen shale that can like pull out of things and we're trying to climb up this stuff and we pull I'm going up this one area and I pull this rock out and it just kind of pulls out all the way and I get one more step up and I peek in there and there was a timber rattlesnake. And I used to be kind of a, a nerd about snakes and reptiles and all, all kinds of things. And, I, and a timber rattlesnake is really tiny. It's like really, really little, but it's one of the most uh, potent, most venomous uh, of all the snakes in the world. And it's in... Kentucky. And this little snake was reared back and just staring at me with its little tiny rattle up, not even making noise yet. And I went, oh, expletive. <laughs> and I froze. And I was just like, oh my God, that's a deal. Because I, I thought if I moved, it was good. I'm going to die. I don't think I can get to a hospital. Like, we're way out. My friends are not that good at stuff. <laughs> like, and so it's, oh my God, that's a freaking rattlesnake. Get out, get out, run, get out. It's just that, it's fear, like overwhelming fear. Anxiety comes later where now there's this thing in me that says, don't ever pull out a rock. Don't ever pull out a rock from the side of a, a creek or a hillside. Don't ever, just leave rocks alone. <laughs> it could have a rattlesnake in there. Don't ever 
Don't, don't, ever, don't ever let the kids do... Don't ever go to Kentucky again. Like, why bother? I don't think there's these snakes and I don't, and it's, that's anxiety. Don't ever, uh, many, uh, forever ago, I, so I got bit by the brown recluse spider. That was bad. Uh, that one causes like necrosis, if you know what that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, um, ab- about six months later, I slipped my foot into my shoe and all of a sudden I felt something like move around. And I was like, have you ever, you <laughs> trying to get your shoe off like, like the most, I should have just cut my leg off. I ripped my shoe off in a bit, it was a big brown, it was a wolf spider, it was pretty, it was pretty um, not dangerous. But it was a pretty big spider, and it was in my shoe, and I stuck my foot in, and I didn't kill it. I don't even think I bothered it. It just pushed my foot back out. I dumped this thing out, and for years and years and years and years and years now, every single time I put on a pair of shoes, what do I do? Every time. Every time. Every time. And it's, it's anxiety that, well, there could be this. And so a lot of us would say like, well, no, 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 that's not, that's not anxiety, that's just smart, that's from experience. Like, now you just know that, but really? Because if we start doing that with every single thing that happens to us, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. And well, what if, yeah, but because remember that one time, you don't want that to happen again, and what if anxiety isn't a sin? If you're an anxious person, if you kind of live in that place, I lived in that place all the time. Of uh, just, it, it never stopped. <laughs> Why did you say that, you dumb idiot? Don't say that again. Oh, now everybody's going to think this about you. And it just would go and go and go. If you've been in that place and you want, like, like God, is this, clearly this isn't from you. And so is anxiety a sin? No, it's not. It's an emotion. Anxiety is an emotion, and so don't be anxious about feeling anxious, if you do. But anxiety, even though it's an emotion, it can lead to sin. Anxiety can lead to sin. What if you're somebody who thinks like, oh man, what? why did they, you know what, I bet that they said that to me because they thought that, you know what that's leading to, it's called malice. It's a sin called malice. It's this Ill, ill-gotten idea about someone. It could lead to gossip. Well, I'm going to talk about this because I've had this thing playing in my head, and now I'm going to talk to my sister, my friend, my dad, my whoever about this, and 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 spread my misinformation about this person to them. This thing that I made up in my head about them. It can lead to murder. Cain and Abel. These two brothers, and, and one brother is going, why does he always get the best of everything? Why does he always get the first? Why? I think I'm going to kill it. It's, it's anxiety. It's anxiety is the root of it. It's not a sin at first. It leads to them, though. And uh, during the pandemic, one of them that I saw again and again that I was just so angry about was people who were peddling their fears to anyone who would listen. 
Anyone who would listen, like, oh, do you know how many people died? Do you know what happened with this? Do you know what? Uh, now they're saying this variant is, I'm like, shut up. Yeah, I know we got to be safe, but you are not helping. You are just, all you're doing is making people more afraid. You're, you're making people more afraid. You're instilling fear in people. Philippians 4 said, don't be anxious about, about anything. Not about anything. You know, if maybe you have anxiety and it leads you to gluttony. I've tried to fix my anxiety with like three king-size uh, Reese's peanut butter eggs. You guys ever try to fix it with that? It doesn't work. I may try again, but it, it, does, it didn't work last time. Philippians 4, don't be anxious about anything. How's that possible? How's it possible? The presence of anxiety is unavoidable, but the prison of anxiety is optional. The presence of anxiety is normal. It's unavoidable. But the prison of anxiety is optional. Control freaks that I know are the most stressed out people in the world. And some of you in this room are control freaks and you're like, you're trying to control something right now to make me not know it's you. I know it's you probably. It's just like, I know one because I are one. And then if you're a control freak and you realize eventually that you can't control everything, anxiety. You start going, oh no, oh no. Because you try, to, you try to remove the possibility of any of the bad stuff happening, right? I'm gonna do whatever I can to make sure that you ain't gonna be good enough. You're gonna miss one. Your goal isn't to know the details of the future. Um, our goal as believers is to hold on to the hand of the one who does know the future and not let go. It's not our responsibility to know everything and what's going to happen and how it's going to turn out. Our responsibility is hold the hand of the one who does know everything and not let go of it. 1 Peter chapter 5, it says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. What does it mean to cast something? To relocate something, right? To relocate an object. To th throw it to it. Hot potato. Jesus, I got this anxiety. He says, cast it on me. Like, you're, you're having a hard time handling that. Cast it on me. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Whatever you have going on in your life right now, you want to know why it's happening. I have stuff going on with me right now. I'm trying to get used to medications and things, and I just, I just feel like not myself. I feel like I can't get out of bed. I feel like, I feel like I'm riding the struggle bus, and then I fell out, and then it backed over me. Like, and I want to know why it's happening. 
And I'm asking God, I'm going, God, what is, what is, what the heck? I've been trying to do the right stuff. What is going on? Why is this happening? I want to know why this is happening. Whatever you have going on, a, a lot of times, if it's bad enough, you get to the point where you want to know why it's happening. Why is this happening to my child? Why is this happening to my mom? Why is this happening to my sister? Why is this happening to me? Why is this happening? I'm trying to be a good boy. And so here's the prophetic word that I felt like I had for this this past week. The prophetic word is that you don't have to come up with an answer. You don't have to come up with an answer. Because I, I just want an answer. Why is this going on? When's it going to be over? What are you trying to teach me? Uh, will there be snacks? <laughs> like, we want to know why it's happening. You don't have to know what the answer is. You don't have to come up with an answer. It's not part of being a Christian to explain what's happening, to understand completely what's happening. In fact, being a Christian means um, not being able to explain a lot of these things and to be able to lament instead. There's an entire book called Lamentations. Not a fun read. It's not. But it's an entire book that's dedicated to a hard time and not knowing why it's happening until many years later, or for some it was, it was pretty instant, for others it was many years later, but that uh, they didn't have to know an answer. That as the Spirit laments with them, so we become in our place of sadness, or our place of isolation, or our place of struggle, or our place of like being confused about why this is going on, somehow, in the midst of that, and I've experienced this multiple times myself, somehow in the midst of that place, the love of God is able to permeate and seep in. You become this little shrine where the presence of God and his healing and his love and his joy all of a sudden are able to dwell, and out of that emerges new possibilities for you. And I've had it happen multiple times, and I've been just reminding myself that you are in, you're in the valley, and you're coming up on a mountain. You're in a valley, and you're coming up on a mountain. That it's on its way. I want to tell you a story about releasing anxiety. This is in 2 Kings chapter 7. It's in the Old Testament. 2 Kings chapter 7. It says, Now there were four men with leprosy at the entrance of the city gate. They said to each other, Why stay here until we die? I say, We'll go into the city. The famine is there and we'll die. <laughs> and if we stay here, we will die. So let's go over to the camp of the Arameans and surrender. Let's go over there and surrender. If they spare us, then we'll end up living. We can live. If they kill us, then we die, and we were already going to die anyways, right? So let's try that. Verse 5, at dusk, they got up and they went to the camp of the Arameans. When they reached the edge of the camp, nobody was there, for the Lord had caused the Arameans 
to hear the sound of chariots and horses and a great army. Before we move forward, um, if you're wondering if God can do creative miracles, you have something going on that you're like, how could God touch that? Well, because God can make an entire group of people, a giant city of people, think that they heard certain sounds that caused the entire city to rush out because it's a creative miracle that had to be done. So whatever you got going on, you could probably cover it. Anyway, he caused the Aramaeans to hear the sound of chariots and horses and a great army so that they said to one another, look, the king of Israel has hired the Hittite and Egyptian kings to attack us. And so they got up and they fled in the dusk and they abandoned their tents and their horses and their donkeys. And they left the camp as it was ran and they ran for their lives. The men who had leprosy reached the edge of the camp, entered one of the tents, and they ate and drank the first theft. Then they took silver. Uh-oh. Then they took gold. Uh-oh. Then they took clothes. And then they went off and they hid them. You guys ever steal something and go and hide it? Mm, I have. They returned and they entered another tent and they took some things from it and hid them also. Then they said to each other, what we're, what we're doing is not right. I don't know. I don't know if they finished burying it like right when it's done. What we're doing is not right. I don't know. But they decided, I'm guessing it's because that thing set in, that thing in your head talking, right? What did you do? Why did you do? This wasn't the plan. You were, you were wanting to see if they would show mercy, but now you showed up and you stole from them. You did something wrong. You're going to be punished for that. They're hearing, they're hearing all these things. They said to each other, what we're doing is not right. This is a day of good news and we're keeping it to ourselves. If we wait until daylight, punishment will overtake us. If we wait until daylight... Don't let the sun go down. Let's go at once and report this to the royal palace. And so they went and they called out to the city gatekeepers and told them, We went into the Aramean camp and no one was there. And not a sound of anyone, only tethered horses and donkeys. And Anyway, it doesn't say that they confessed to stealing. Like, but it says they went and, and said, stuff like, Hey, this is going on. Not a sound of anyone, only tethered horses and donkeys, and the tents left just as they were. The gatekeeper shouted, shouted the news, and it was reported within the palace. And so it said at the beginning of this story that they were going to surrender to the Aramaeans, that they were going to surrender. They end up surrendering later in the story to the palace guards. Surrender. Uh, surrender is a really weird word. Um, it freaked me out really bad when I, when I started hearing it in church because I didn't go to church until I was about 18 or 19 years old and I kept hearing about like surrendering and I'm like, huh? What are you talking? It's just, it's a weird word for some of us. If you haven't grown up in church, if you, even if you have grown up in church, how many of you like surrendering? Like isn't surrendering um, about being captured? 
like waving a white flag or you surrender to an enemy, right? Like you always surrender to an enemy, not a friend. Here's the weird thing about surrender in the kingdom of God. What God is saying is, hey, you've been considering me an enemy this whole time. You've been warring against me. You have been fighting against me in every possible way. Are you ready to surrender to me that we might be friends? Are you ready to surrender to me that we might be friends? Have you ever had somebody like that where you surrendered to that? Maybe some of you have to surrender to your boss where you have an authority issue or you have a professor, you have a teacher, you have a, a, somebody in authority over you and you are in a place where you need to surrender to them so that your relationship can flourish. But you guys are warring against each other. You might need to surrender to your wife. You might need to surrender to your husband because the two of you have been in this place and, and you're not willing to lay your life down for her like Christ laid his life down for the church the way he surrendered himself. That's a weird thing. But God is inviting you in that you might be friends. I'm going to try and wrap this up. Let me ask you guys a, a, a question. If uh, there are two people, say that you're having a hard time financially, and uh, two people come along and they help you out, and they're going to give you a little bit of money. And so one of the people, say the first man, he gives you $10. And then the second man comes along and he gives you $20. And naturally, you decide to... Uh, play favorites with the guy who gave you $20, right? That you appreciate that more, that you trust him more for some reason because he gave you $20 and not $10. But what if later on you find out that the guy who gave you $10, that was the only $10 he had, that that was it. That was all he had, and he gave it to you. You find that out. And then you find out the one who gave you $20, he had 200 bucks in his pocket. And all of a sudden, all these feelings change, don't they? And you're like, well, what the? He had, the one who gave me 10 is, is the good. He, why did he only give me $20? He had 200 bucks. <laughs> this is where anxiety begins. The root of, what the heck? He only likes me 10%. I'm only worthy of this, yada, 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 yada. You have no idea that maybe... He already has a bill for 180 bucks that he's got to pay. You have no idea what he has going on. But what we do, instead of giving the benefit of the doubt, we jump to that place of, well, I'm going to let the wheels start going. He doesn't love me the way I love I would have given him all 200. Are you in a place like that in your life anywhere? Any of you have a story right now that you're playing on repeat? Like, that is keeping you up at night, that is stressing you out. What if you surrendered it? What if you surrendered it? Surre surrendering it could look like saying, you know what? He, he might have had something else that that money was for. Plus, it, it wasn't mine in the first place. I'm just thankful for what he gave me. 
Are, are we capable of doing that? Are we able to just make a decision to do that? Yeah. Yeah, we are. If you catch yourself, if you stop yourself, if you go, wait a second, I'm being a tiny little bratty baby. And I can't be like this. Um, I got a, a text about a, a, a little over a week ago from my wife because we've been talking about her quitting her job for like is, since she started it <laughs> um, like 10 years ago uh, just that like she she liked it but it wasn't her passion and but she kind of got stuck in it it was one of those things where you get stuck in a job. You're like, yeah, it's, it's okay. I mean, but I, you're just stuck in it. it. You make enough money and it's okay. And, but her dream was to go and work with, with her family and do real estate with them. And I finally get <laughs> the text about two weeks ago. And she said, okay, should I, should I quit? Should I quit today? Quit. Yeah, quit. And she put in her notice at work finally, and we're both just like, what did we do? <laughs> what did we do? And it just keeps making me smile whenever I think about it. Because it was this ball of anxiety that was going on, and it was this surrender that finally took place and said, you know what? Um, I'm going to cast all my anxiety on you. And just hold on to the hand of the one who, who knows the future, who knows the outcome, who knows how things are going to turn out. I'm going to cast all my anxiety on him because he cares for me. I hope and want the same for you. Uh, let's pray. God, thank you for these people that are here. Uh, thank you for the work that you've been doing in me and the things you've been showing me. I'm just praying for breakthrough. And God, I know so many people in this room who are going through struggles right now, who are in the midst of that storm. They're in the middle of that, that anxiety, that fear, that worry about what is going to happen. I pray that they are able to lay it on you completely. And that they would be able to cast their anxiety on you because, why? Because you care. Because you care for them. You don't just ignore. You don't just turn your back. We're able to cast our anxiety on you because you care for us. And so we just pray that we would be bold enough to take a step of faith. To know that we can just focus on holding the hand of the one who does know the future and that we're going to be blessed because of it we've seen your track record lord you are good you're a good good father who gives good gifts to his kids and we're your sons and daughters and we love you and we trust you we praise you and pray in your name, Jesus. We seek breakthrough. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Love you all.
For more information about Vineyard Westside, please visit vineyardwestside.com.